0: Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives Podcast. I'm Oliver Hartwig and I'm joined today by our Chief Economist, Eric Crampton. Hi, Eric. Good afternoon. We want to talk about your latest column in the New Zealand Herald. It's once again dealing with supermarkets, but it's a slightly different twist on it. You sent an official Information Act request to the government trying to find out what.
1: Well, if we step back a little bit, when the supermarkets inquiry started, we'd sent in a submission saying, well, look, instead of spending all of your time trying to estimate weighted cost of capital and all these things that are going to wind up being contentious, just try and figure out what's stopping anybody from entering the New Zealand market. Okay, let's step it back. Well,
0: that's why we get to the OIA request, right? So the government is telling us that there are super profits in the supermarket sector, and that's why they would like to intervene in some sort of way.
1: Oh, yeah. So the government... At least at that point, the Commerce Commission was making some pretty highball estimates of profits in supermarkets. They wound up pairing those back in the final report. But at least at the time of the draft report, they thought there were these giant profits to be had. And really, it seems just kind of weird to figure that New Zealand supermarkets are like the greediest in the world and are going to be doing all kinds of things to make sure that they've got these really big excess profits and that no other supermarket in the world will be greedy enough to try and come and eat their lunch. So typically
0: what we would assume is when there are massive profits to be made, some competitor will just knock on the door and say, I want to have a slice of that.
1: Exactly. If you're walking around town someplace in a city you don't know, and you think you see what looks like a $100 note sitting on the sidewalk, and everybody is walking past it, one of two things should occur to you. Maybe you're in a place where people like print out advertising flyers that look like a $100 note and it's just advertising on the other side. Or maybe there are pickpockets that jump on people who bend over to pick up the $100 note, right? One of those two things is likely to be happening if nobody's picking up that $100 note. If New Zealand supermarkets are just creaming it in profits, according to the government, is it that all the other supermarkets anywhere internationally are stupid and don't want it? Or are the profits estimated just wrong? Pretty likely, or is it impossible for them to pick it up because the government's made it impossible for new entrants to come in? And that what what do you think it is? Well, I think it's mostly a combination of the the first one and the third one. I think they've overestimated supermarket profitability, but that gets pretty fraught when we think about competition in a small market, right? But the good thing Um, is you could actually test it. Well, sure. Well, you can test it by seeing whether you get entry. Right, that is the test. So. If you get rid of the barriers to entry and make it really easy for somebody to come in, and nobody does, maybe you've overestimated those profits.
0: But here comes the rub. It's not easy to get into New Zealand.
1: That's right. So we had argued that the government needed to focus on getting rid of those barriers. And the submission that we'd put in, like, I, I was a little cheeky in it, and I'd suggested that, well, get rid of the restrictions in the Overseas Investment Act that would pose a barrier for anybody trying to come through because they'd have to get permission for a lot of the sites they might want to purchase. Then get rid of the zoning and consenting issues to making sure that central government will instruct local councils to authorize new supermarkets. Then tell all of the potential large supermarkets everywhere in the world, hey, New Zealand's open for business. We think that the New Zealand supermarkets are earning lots of profits. Check our numbers. Come in if you think we're right. That would have been easy. But instead... It looks like the government just wants to beat up on supermarkets. And by the way, it's not the first
0: time you said that during the market study. I remember about 150 columns from you over the years yeah, arguing um, exactly that point. And I think I wrote a couple of myself. But we've been saying this, just open the market and let these competitors come in. Yeah. So, so our position has been known for many years. Yeah. You said it again in the market study. The easiest thing for the government would have been to listen and instruct the Overseas Investment Office, right?
1: Well, that'd be the easiest starting point, right? So... I've described it before as a regulatory thicket where you've got uh, imagine an overgrown blackberry patch or raspberry patch where, well, to be able to get make any headway between the aisles of fruit, you're going to have to clear a lot of bramble to be able to get anywhere. It's not mm-hmm. just one stalk; It's lots of them. But you're not going to get anywhere unless you start pruning. You have to start where, where you can. And,
0: and the government does that anyway. So they instruct the Overseas Investment Office regularly yeah. on what they think is in the national interest. That's right.
1: So they provide letters of direction to the Overseas Investment Office saying how they should be doing things. And they, they can do this, right? And they do that regularly. Yeah. So the last one was issued in November 2021. Okay. Did it mention supermarkets? No. <laughs> So the official information act request that I put in a couple of months ago, well, I guess twenty working days ago, a little bit more than that now, I was just checking to see whether they'd started this process because the yeah maybe they just hadn't had time to get to it in November when they sent their letter of direction out to the overseas investment office because the well the the supermarket's inquiry had just get given its draft report and that one didn't have a very very big focus on barriers to entry the final report issued earlier this year, did have a massive emphasis on barriers to entry. It mentioned the Overseas Investment Act and suggested that the next review of the Overseas Investment Office and the Overseas Investment Act check to see whether there were any substantial effects on supermarket competition. And the
0: government was interested in having these international chains enter the market because I remember, I think it was the Minister of Finance, hinting at potentially Aldi entering New Zealand.
1: Yeah, and everybody's been pretty happy that Costco has entered, but opening up one or two sites is a lot different from having to assemble dozens of sites up and down the country if you're doing a more standard kind of retail setup. So I wanted to figure out whether the government had even sent anything out to the to Linz uh, Land Information New Zealand, which runs the Overseas Investment Office. You would have hoped that they would have sent a note through to them or sat down for a coffee or something saying, you know, We would really like to make sure that if anybody wants to come and open a supermarket in New Zealand, there will be no barriers to them doing that from the Overseas Investment Office. Now, there had been some process improvements at OIO. It's going to be taking a little bit less time to get things through them than it used to. But how the heck would any international entrant know that, right? So you hear rumors around that Aldi had looked at the place five, six years ago and decided that New Zealand was just too hard to deal with. Somebody's going to have to tell them that OIO will be providing no barriers and making sure that OIO will be providing no barriers and at the same time dealing to councils and telling them that they, they were going to have to authorize more supermarkets. The easiest one to do though is the Overseas Investment Office. So I send in the, in the request to see whether they'd had any chats with government on this and uh, no. no, they've no. received no correspondence at all from government or from cabinet, no letters of direction, nothing mentioning supermarkets, I mean,
0: the other thing that the government could have done, and maybe this is a suggestion for your next uh, Official Information Act request, they could have actually corresponded with these international chains and asked them, "Hey, what are the barriers from your perspective?"
1: That would be a good thing to be asking. Yes.
0: <laughs> maybe it's another I, or a request. Well. But, but that would be the logical
1: step to do for a government to just figure out why are you not here? I think that's one of the things I'd suggested during the Commerce Commission hearings, right? So we had this whole process where the submitters were all talking to each other and to the commission, and it went on for two weeks. And one of the suggestions that I had made there was just ask some of the entrants. What are the barriers that you're seeing? Why aren't you here? Yeah, it, it would be neat to follow up to see what, what's happened with that. Okay. So the government hasn't done what would have been obvious. Well, it, it it would have been the obvious starting move, and it was particularly disappointing that they hadn't, because you could imagine that in response to the final report that had come out from the Commerce Commission, the government said, okay, well, Comcom now says that profits are not as high as they'd initially thought. We've got time to maybe think a little about this a little bit harder, make sure we get this right. Like that wouldn't have been crazy. The place that you would have wanted to start, though, is with barriers to entry. And instead, we've had Minister Clark jumping up and down about how he wants to break up the supermarkets or how he'll do it to them if they don't make other concessions. We've Talk- got a
0: supermarket regulator now.
1: Yeah. The regulator is something that the commission had recommended, but they are talking about things going much further than the commission had recommended. So where the commission had recommended that the existing supermarkets uh, treat fairly any request for sort of wholesale supply... Minister Clark's talking instead about mandatory access with regulated price regimes, which is just going to be so administratively difficult. It's almost going to be impracticable because everything in a supermarket warehouse, it's not bits and bytes going through a telecom cabinet, right? You've got goods of vastly differing shelf lives, like a piece of cheese that's got one week left before expiry is different from the same piece of cheese with 30 days left before expiry or heads of lettuce of different quality. It's, it's going to be hard to, to try and monitor all that to make sure that any wholesaler providing regulated supply is treating all comers equally, right? So it's going to require grocery
0: police. So it's really frustrating. We've got this entire market study process, which has been really difficult for the supermarkets to deal with. And at the same time, the government it doesn't even do its own things, the things it could do to make things easier.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what's happened is... Uh, It's consequent to a failure in process at the Commerce Commission that I think that they are rectifying in their later market studies. So the model that the Commerce Commission has been following is do one giant market study a year or thereabouts. So we had the one giant market study in fuels, then a giant market study in supermarkets, and now we're getting one in building material supply. But contrast the difference between their supermarkets market study and building material supply. In supermarkets, they started off with a draft report that was giant and very badly wrong. Okay? It was misguided. It started with the wrong questions. It wasn't looking at barriers to entry and it got into this really fraught discussion about profitability profitability basically. and mm. weighted cost of capital. And it's fraught in a particular sense. There are a few ways that monopolies can earn rents, right? So suppose that your view was they were actually monopolists or a cartel or a duopoly Now, in a small kind of cozy market, that doesn't necessarily turn into higher profits. It could just be that everybody's a little bit lazy. Now, I've not seen that in the supermarkets. They seem to be working pretty hard, but it isn't hard to imagine in a small country that you could have a lot of what economists call X inefficiency, that they're just not pushing quite as hard as they could because they don't have to, because there isn't the push of competition. So if you didn't find excess profits, that doesn't mean that there isn't a problem. It might just mean that they're really lazy, right? And you you don't know that from starting from the wrong side, trying to estimate profits. If you start from the right side, trying to figure out, well, what are the barriers to entry? What would be keeping anybody out? How can we make sure that policy isn't inadvertently stymieing competition by preventing entry? You start it that way, you can make a lot more headway, right? Right. And that is how they've been starting things in the market study on building material supply, where they are more sharply focused on, well, what what it, what would it take to start using foreign materials? What are the problems in getting things consented through local councils if it's a novel material? What are the costs of do, getting materials certified? That's the right way to start things. And I think that it's a better approach for market studies in general because you could move to an entirely different model of running these. So I was at a conference a few weeks ago, Clippins, uh, it's competition law and policy institute in New Zealand. They run a two-day annual conference thing, and I went up for a panel discussion on market studies. And there, well, there seemed to be a reasonable amount of agreement in the room that there would be scope for the commission to really downscale each report, but produce more of them. So instead of starting off with these giant high-cost studies like they did in supermarkets that aren't just costly for the commission to try and figure out because you need consultants and a lot of experts trying to come up with these estimates, they also impose just terrible, massive costs on the sector that's being investigated. I, I don't envy anybody on the supermarket side who is stuck in on that process. And you wind up in spots where the process itself could be a punishment, right? You could imagine some different minister of commerce deciding that he just doesn't like the look of some sector and punishing them with a market study. And especially at a time when there are obvious low-hanging fruit. Sure. So that would be the opportunity where instead of doing that high-cost approach, you start with an approach looking very sharply at the barriers to entry. What regulations and policy processes are making it impossible for new entrants, particularly entrants from overseas, from coming in and competing here? If you do it that way... You could probably do two or three studies a year, maybe four. Especially
0: when it comes to supermarkets, it would probably take the average economist about 10 minutes to figure out what's
1: wrong. Well, yeah. (laughs) You'd want, <laughs> you don't need a
0: market study to see that.
1: <laughs> you don't, but you need to document it sufficiently robustly in a process where the minister is supposed to respond, right? Because that's the big benefit that you get out of a market study as compared to a co- the Commerce Commission putting in a submission on something, right? So the Commerce Commission will occasionally submit on things. I understand that they had put in a submission on the Therapeutic Products Act, for example, where, or I don't know if it is on the Act or on prior iterations of it, The What I'm getting at here is the regulation that we have around pharmacies, which would be a wonderful additional kind of market study. You could do it more broadly on medical services. But in pharmacy, you're not allowed to own a pharmacy in New Zealand unless you're a pharmacist. Now, that was a de facto cartel forever. And the only way that we managed to get some entry was by a chain in Australia that had figured out a convoluted capital structure and franchise leaseback arrangements to get around some weird Australian rules around market concentration. And then they brought that model here because it let them maintain nominal f- ownership by pharmacists. Great, but it's, not still, it's still not letting in U.S. kinds of big discount pharmacies. Now That rule is a cartel style barrier to entry. The Commerce Commission could put in a submission on that, but it gets... But it could
0: only exist because it is legalized. Well, yeah, exactly. And mandated, actually.
1: Yes. Yes. If the pharmacists themselves tried to set this up without legislation, then that'd be the kind of thing that the Commerce Commission, under its traditional powers, could go through as kind of anti-cartel ac- action. When it's authorized through a statutory regime, then it's exempt from Commerce Commission antitrust action, but... It could be analyzed as part of a market study. If you shift to that lower cost, first principles, what are the barriers to entry, what it would actually take for a big entrant from overseas to come in. Well, the nice thing with the market studies is that the Minister of Commerce and Parliament have to respond to it, right? If you've just got a ComCom submission on something... Well, that gets about as much attention as submissions from anybody else, right? If government doesn't want to listen because they're listening to other rent seekers instead, they'll just ignore it.
0: Maybe that would be the best use of commerce law and cartel law oh. uh, I can think of. I mean, I've got a bit of a um, competition law and economics background myself, and I've always thought that actually we could get rid of the whole thing completely if only we get the barriers to entry, right? Right. But as long as we still have competition law, at the very least, let's apply it to government.
1: Heck yeah, right? So if you go back 20 years, there'd been some work by Lou Evans and co-authors just thinking through antitrust kind of Commerce Act stuff in a small open economy perspective and just reminding people, well, if you're in a small economy there's going to be a lot more efficiencies of scale that you can get through companies working together in things that might look more like anti-competitive activity elsewhere, but it'd be more efficiency conducive in small markets, but A focus on dynamic efficiency requires making sure you keep those barriers to entry down and you don't exacerbate any existing ones through legislation and regulation. We've kind of forgotten that. We have added in a bunch of bespoke New Zealand stuff that's really unnecessary. It locks in existing privilege. It makes it hard for new entrants to come in. And it's to the detriment of New Zealand consumers.
0: So you've just embarrassed the government by demonstrating that they haven't done their job properly. To the government officials listening to our podcast now, we will make the same OIA request in about half a year's time to see whether you've done that in the meantime. And then we can check whether you're really serious about trying to make the supermarket sector more competitive.
1: Yeah, it'd be
0: great if they made some headway on this. Okay, so I suggest to you, let's make that same OIA request in half a year's time and see whether the government has been embarrassed enough by your Herald column.
1: I'll set the Outlook calendar and reminder uh, as soon as I get back to my office. Wonderful. And to all you government
0: officials and to all you people in the Commerce Commission, it's coming.
1: <laughs> well, it's not the Commerce Commission's fault. This is going to be the minister. The minister is going to have to be the one to direct the Overseas Investment Office that they really, really need to make very clear to all potential entrants in retail grocery that any application will be approved and then the government has to tell the potential entrants they've done it. Because who's got, why, why would they even know that we've done this, right? We're at the far end of the world. They're not watching New Zealand to see if we've suddenly become more open to competition. They put us in the too hard basket already. So, great.
0: So, Ground Robertson, David Clark, this is coming your way. Yep. <laughs> and we look forward to that. Thank you, Eric. Thank you.